Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Yang Yang the Podcast. We're going to give people about 30 more seconds to jump on before we start. All right. So welcome everybody to Yin Yang the podcast. Tonight's topic is current events from last month. And as some of you may have heard in the video that I posted, this is our last current events on Yin Yang the podcast. Don't fret. Some information is going to come out. It doesn't mean we won't cover current events. It just means on Yin Yang the podcast, we won't be covering it next year on our Saturday evening podcast. With that being said, I want to also introduce the fact that starting next year, the first Monday of every month, excluding January, we will be doing a mental health um, sponsored by Miss Yang's business. So it'll be a mental health podcast for My Stable Mind. Um, And we will just touch on different mental health topics, different kinds of mental health diseases and illnesses, you know, symptoms of those and and signs and even triggers. So that will help people out there a little bit more. Um, So get ready for that in the new year. Don't worry. We got plenty more announcements for the new year to come. So we're going to go ahead and play our disclosure for tonight. And tonight, just so everyone's aware, is aware, we are live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Riverside. We are not on TikTok this week or next week, probably not until the first of the year again, um, just so that we can kind of get some things situated and make sure, as you can tell, Sheena's on the road tonight. I'm going to be on the road next week. We are busy, busy ladies. So, <laughs> um, so if I'm, if my background looks like Sheena's next week, y'all, y'all know the reason now. So, um, that's just kind of how it works when you're an entrepreneur though. <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and play that disclosure. One moment. Okay, so maybe it's going to play, y'all. Yeah, no, it's um, it's buffering, and I've never seen it buffer before. That's okay. So I'll just kind of go over our disclosure. This is an opinion-based, based, opinion-based podcast. Um, therefore, anything you hear on here is just opinions. Um, you know, we don't, nothing's actually factual. Um, we do read facts off the internet, but again, it's the internet. Anytime we talk about something and is alleged, we have no proof that anyone's done anything. Everyone's entitled to, you know, their day in a court of law. And, um, again, don't take anything that we say to heart. We're here for, for our own opinions and we're entitled to those. It's part of our rights as an American, right? So. With that being said, we're going to go ahead and start tonight's podcast. I will stop this so that it cannot try to play randomly in the middle of our podcast because that would be awkward. So, (laughs) right? (laughs) So, tonight's first topic is about Corey Richens. 
And do you know anything about this story, Sheena? So she's the lady, it happened like last year, but she's the lady that um, allegedly, because she's in court, y'all, allegedly murdered her husband. And then she wrote a children's book for her kids to help them grieve the loss of their father. Right. Well, and that's so I'll break it down a little bit. This is and I, just so everyone else knows, I've been following this story since it kind of came out because she's a writer and, you know, Sheena and I are writers. So anytime I hear about a writer that's in the news or killed somebody, I like to kind of look at that and kind of look at the material they wrote because I love true crime and I love writing. So when those two collide, it's like the perfect storm for me. Um, but when I first looked into this, I remember when it came out, like, I remember being so excited about this book. It's called, Are You With Me? So I remember when the book came out and I remember her story and I was super excited because she was like, you know, she, after all this happened, she didn't know how to help her children deal with it. So she was like, you know, the best thing to do is to write this book and that she says it helped her children grieve the loss of their father. And I just thought it was like the most amazing thing to turn something so negative and something so hurtful into something positive. So I was like super excited for her. And then boom, we turn around and like, it was like eight months later or something like that. And they arrest her for his murder. For, yeah. And so this is what they found out kind of since then. Like there had been four life insurance policies that she tried to file on him without his permission before she killed him, allegedly killed him. They, um, the last life insurance policy he had, she tried to go behind his back and change it from his business partner over to her. And he found out and changed it back to his business partner. And then he had like, yeah. And then he had like separate life insurance policies that he ended up changing over to his sister's name. Um, and they had been fighting over money since like 2016. So, um, right. Well, and not listen, his family was saying it from the moment they found out because, okay, so how she murdered him, what allegedly murdered him was she put fentanyl in his nightcap like she made him a drink put fentanyl in it he drank his drink he went to bed she said i gotta go sleep with our, our one of our kids because they're scared and she never went back up to the room till 3 a.m and when she got up there he was unresponsive now when she tells the story she'll tell it like she tried to get even she even tried to get her own brother to lie and say that he has purchased fentanyl in the past like he had, he had a drug problem. She tried to get her own brother, and her brother was even like, "I'm not lying for you. Like, I'm not doing it." Um, but yeah, but that's not the first time. So, like, 
six months before this happened, she, um, he had woke up like she, he got really, really sick after a nightcap she gave him. He called his sister the next day and said, I think she just tried to kill me. And then, you know, of course, he was like, oh, it must all be all in my head. And what it was kind of coming down to is like she was using up all his money. She was taking money out of his account. She was trying to get loans against like mortgages against the house without him knowing all kinds of things like that. Right. And then she had a realty company. And she was about like she had just closed on a two million dollar house, which, you know, is a really big commission for her. But that's the night she killed him, allegedly. Yeah, like. Well, and what it kind of came down to is. When they decided to kind of start looking into things. They, um, you know, when everything first happened, nobody accused her of anything. But then I guess she started to get paranoid because when they finally got a warrant for to search all of her stuff, they went on like her search history for the Internet. And she was like Googling and searching the investigators families information to try to find out where their families lived. And she was just doing the most. And so finally, they were like, wait, this doesn't make sense. Why would she be doing all this if she wasn't guilty of anything? That's how they ultimately caught her, is her search history. And the fact that she had purchased fentanyl, three, $900 worth of fentanyl, six weeks before, and it didn't work. And then purchased another $900 worth of fentanyl. And the drug dealer told on her. Like, I don't know, if you're going to be out here murdering people, y'all got to get better drug dealers, because I don't. <laughs> right? Like, gosh, like, I've never, I I don't want to say I've never met a drug dealer that would snitch, because, you know. But um, most of them, for the most part, they don't say anything, because they got their own skeletons in their closet, you know? Oh, y'all like my cup tonight? That's for the fentanyl poisoning story. <laughs> Um, I wish I had extra so I could switch out for each topic tonight. That would be amazing. <laughs> right. Just lined up, you know, just to make a spectacle out of it. You know, that's who I am. Um, that's so funny. Sorry, y'all. I'm just making sure that I have the live pulled up on my phone in case we get any, um, comments on there tonight. Um, so again, if you're going to make comments, make sure you do it either in the studio or in Facebook, because I can't see them on YouTube and Twitch when we're live streaming. So, all right. So Corey Richens, here's my question for you, Sheena. Because me and you already been there. All right. If money was involved. A lot of money. So let's say, I want to say just in general that he's probably worth like, he before he passed, um, and God rest his soul, um, before he passed, he was probably worth like, I don't know, upwards of $10 million on a normal year. Um, but his net worth was somewhere in like the hundred. Um, 
million range for his net worth between his businesses, his assets, and things like that. So me and you have both been divorced. If your ex-husband had that kind of money, would you have considered murder versus divorce? Be honest. Listen, they cannot charge you for a crime you didn't commit. So you telling me you ain't never thought about it? Okay, so, man, I, listen, I can't be charged for something I ain't do. So, um, I'm gonna just I'm gonna say some stuff, and and it's just gonna be taken how it is. Because um, I'd have thought about it. I wouldn't have done it because you know I'm too. I, I don't I don't feel like I would survive in prison, and. Although I'm pretty intelligent, I, I don't know if I'm intelligent enough to get away with murder. Um, I mean, m maybe I could with a lot of backups, <laughs> but <laughs> um, but I mean, I wouldn't have done it because number one, I'm not, I'm not money hungry. Yeah, money solves a lot of problems, but um, I don't need anybody else's money. I, I've always made my own. So, um, but. The flip side of that is, eh, I don't know. Like, I, I could use a quick mill. Like, a quick mill could open up my, you know, coffee slash library slash flower slash shop. <laughs> yeah, but think about this logically because I need to put this out there. All right, because that was a valid point, a very valid point. Um, if a man and a woman are married and he has a really good business and she just kind of gets by, like she started the marriage as a Home Depot cashier, and that's really the case with her. She was a Home Depot cashier. So when he's making killer money and they got three kids. So, yeah, she would have got child support. But when the divorce comes. Do you really think that he's not going to put all that money into lawyers to make sure that she doesn't get anything and he gets all the kids and all the money? Because I think that you're crazy if you think that he's not going to fight to keep every dime of that money. And that's kind of where the whole I would contemplate murder in that situation comes from. Because, yeah, I mean... You get used to a lifestyle. And they weren't married for like two years or nothing. They had three kids together. You know, I don't even remember when they got married. I don't even think I looked it up. But they had been together for years. And he decided he was done, which I don't blame him. But I can't say, not to say I'd ever go through with it, but I can't really blame her for contemplating it. Um, I think that she's stupid to have done it and even more stupid to have done it the way she did it but it doesn't change the logic and reality behind the fact that that's a lot of money to be involved 
You know, it's not, it's not chump change. We ain't talking about $15. Like, and I don't know if anyone, if I've ever told anyone on here this story, but you know, when, when everything ended with me and, and my ex, I, I walked away with debt. Like my ex husband, I walked away with debt. But when I actually, when I actually moved out of the apartment that we were sharing, and this was, you know, after he had already removed all the furniture, like all he left me with was some clothes and a TV. <laughs> um, so after all that, man, I, I walked out of that bad boy with that and $20. So uh, I'm the, uh, yes, and my peace of mind, but a mill sounds really nice. Now I'm still have peace of mind. That was horrible to say. I shouldn't say stuff like that. But that's the reality. I think that people that say that they've never contemplated murder just haven't been put in the right situation to think about it. Because I think everyone is capable of murder. You know, if someone were to ever put their hands on Adam in a way that you couldn't control, I think you would contemplate murder. See? See? And that's what I mean. Everybody kind of has that limit. I don't have children. You know, so my limits are a little bit different. You know, mine's like, don't mess with my heart. Don't mess with my money and don't mess with my heart. And I'm good. Right. And so that's kind of, that's kind of the point. You know, everyone kind of has that limit. So anyways, um, is there anything you care to add about Corey Richens or, or the murder of her husband? Alleged murder of her husband? Yes, she did. I know. Once you're caught, why not just confess? <laughs> like, oh man, yeah, it was me. <laughs> Thank you, Yang. Yang just went ahead and submitted us to the. You know, um, explicit gang again for this this week's podcast. But no, I get it because that's that shows the emotion behind what you're saying. Because um, that's real. She she something's wrong, man. <laughs> mm hmm. Listen, do you think it's a mental health thing? Like, do you think she was messed up in the head? Listen, I don't even know if the, it was the audacity of the killing, like, in such a stupid way that bothered me or the audacity for her to write the book to help the children get over what she did <laughs> oh that is too funny all right so we're gonna move on from miss miss cory richens i um I wish his family the best in healing that they can find. And I hope she goes away. And I hope that them little boys grow up with some sort of sense of self and, and flourish as individuals. Because not only did they lose their dad, but now they're going to lose their mom. 
and I just I really feel for them boys. Right. Right. And as far as I know, that book has been pulled now. Like, I, I tried to go find it to see if I could, like, order it or something like And I can't find it. I can't order it. So, and the only reason I wanted to order it is because I kind of wanted to get into her head. But I'm unable to find it right now. So, if anyone, so here's my podcast reach out. If anyone has the book, Are You With Me? by Courtney Richens already, I want it. Reach out to me. We'll figure it out. Um, so, but moving on from that, our second topic tonight is the Golden Gate Bridge suicide deterrent net. Now, do you know anything about this net, Sheena? I know. Me either. I'm not gonna lie. I um, I get all these current events. I don't watch the news as often as I should. I get these current events, um, by doing a lot of research throughout, um, you know, the the month and stuff like that. So that's where they kind of fall. Um, I just thought I actually ran into this article when me and you were working on our mental health awareness two weeks ago, and so that's when I ran into it. Okay, so in your opinion, it's a really positive thing that they did the suicide deterrent net off the Golden Gate Bridge? Okay. Yeah, so So I think that the net in general was a good idea. I don't know if the actual execution of it was a good idea. And let me break this down because it's only fair that we look at it from both sides. So suicide is real in America. Um, so when I tell you, if you look up statistics, because I'm not going to share those kinds of numbers. I'll share some percentages with you, but I'm not going to tell you how many people commit suicide a year. You can look it up yourself. Go for it. But out of those people that commit suicide every year... Only 2% actually jump off of something. 50% of suicides are done by gun. We spent $400 million to build this safety net. See? And that's... Right. And that's so and I'm not saying we shouldn't have done it because I'm not 
I think that we should have invested that $400 million into helping those people with mental health issues long before suicide. Because mental health in this country is not free. You know, it's, it costs a pretty penny, whether it's against your insurance or you're paying out of pocket. Even if you go, like if you have, and I remember this from being in my early twenties, um, cause I have been in therapy my forever, my entire life. That's, I don't, I don't function well without some form of therapy. Um, but in my early twenties, I had no job, um, no money. And I signed up for like the free mental health with the county. And it still cost me $23 every session and my medicine cost me money. So my free mental health. And when you literally have no job, no income, no money, $23 is a lot to come up with. Um, You know, so I would have to go out of my way to try to come up with it from, you know, help out from my family or things like that, which no big deal, you know, to them, $23 was $23. But for me, it was a big deal because I had to ask somebody for that money every month. So if they would just put $400 million into the mental health prior, I feel like it would have created so much, so much more of a better result. Because that 2% of people that could have jumped, if we helped all them with their mental health instead, maybe we wouldn't have had to put that net up. You know, or why didn't we put the $400 million into trying to round up some more of these guns that are out here just laying in the streets? Well, and that's kind of, right. Listen, if it was a $100,000 net across the Golden Gate Bridge, I'm in. I'm in. It's a hundred grand. And I say that from a perspective of, I don't, I don't make a hundred grand in a year. You know what I mean? So it's not like I just have that kind of money laying around. So that's, I feel like a hundred grand is logical for the Golden Gate Bridge to be netted. But $400 million. Is a lot of money. And I'm not saying that they couldn't afford it. Huh? Exactly. And it's one of those things now where there's people asking, well, are they going to put nets on other bridges? Y'all, I'm going to tell you, I live out in the Georgia mountains. Some of our bridges don't even have railings. Some of our bridges only have one lane. Some of our bridges look like they could fall over while you drive over them. If they ever come to me and say, hey, we need some money on your taxes in your county to build this safety net, I'm I'm going to ask how I decline that. Not because I don't care about people's mental health, but because if we're going to pay out some taxes, then I would like to take that money and I'll personally take it to somebody that could use it for mental health. I will gladly donate to a family that is having issues. I will donate that money to the Richens family for the support of their children in the future. You know, but don't ask me to put a safety net out here 
for the 2%, if y'all aren't doing your due diligence to make sure that you're getting the guns off the streets and out of the hands of people that don't need them, you know, not to mention they really should start like psyche valves or something before they sell people guns. Like, I feel like that should be part of the process, but it's not, not in this country. I know that's so sad. Could you imagine how much it would help? $400 million. I mean, the average mental health place, probably like 150 k a year is what a person would spend if they had no insurance and they were seeing the best doctor. You know what I mean? So what's $400 million divided by 150000 I actually don't know that answer, y'all. I don't know why I asked y'all that because I don't have an answer for you. But whatever that answer is, that's how many people we could have helped. Instead of, and I'm not saying don't worry about the 2% because those people have families and those people had a story, you know, and those, those are the kind of people that I, I love to talk about and love to get to know because everybody has a story. But these particular people, this 2%, if we keep worrying about the two percents, where is that going to leave America in a hundred years? Well, and it's it's so sad because a hundred years, y'all. That's that's only two generations down. That's your grandkids. You know, that's going to your grandkids as adults are going to have to deal with the debt of the four hundred million dollars. And I understand that they what they did is they actually split the debt amongst all the residents out in that area. And, you know, there's like a buttload of people out there. So the people only ended up having to pay like one hundred and twenty dollars per resident. So it doesn't seem that bad when you say it like that, but it doesn't change the fact that the entire total could have been used to get mental health for that entire city, probably. Mm hmm. So it will, and it just, it, it baffles my brain, but that's just kind of how those things work. Um, so I'm not going to touch on this subject much more right now, because I feel like we will talk about this a lot throughout the year next year on our first podcast of each month. So we're going to kind of slowly move on to a very serious topic out of um, New York. Well, kind of out of New York. But have you heard about the New York Stands with Survivors Act? Like, do you know what that is? Correct. Correct. It also was put into place um, because it was only for a year. Um, but it suspended the usual legal statute of limitations. So what that means is, and I don't know how many people know this, but if you were sexually assaulted as a child, you only have so many years to report it. And while I was growing up, those years were 10. So I was sexually assaulted as a four-year-old. 
I didn't tell my family because I was afraid and I was scared. And I didn't really understand everything that happened to me um, until I was a teenager in sex ed. Um, I knew that those things had happened to me, but my brain told me that that happened to everybody when they were little. And that it was just something that all of us went through. And so at the point that I understood that that's not true and it just happened to me, I kind of broke down as an individual, um, which started my very long mental health journey um, because it there were so many things that I had like blocked and kind of washed out of my head and things like that. But because I didn't report it until 10 years later, there was nothing that they could do. The statute of limitations was passed and they would not prosecute him. So. With that being said, this act suspended that statute of limitations to allow all people one last chance to file against their abuser. So for the last year, you've been able to file against your abuser for anything that happened at any point in your life decades ago. And they did that to see how many people would come forward. Because one of the biggest things about things happening to you, especially when you're young and not telling people, is that what does it change? Like, I spoke out when I was 14 about the things that happened to me. Um, and the person who abused me clearly had his own issues that he needed to deal with um, because he ended up later taking his own life. Um, and it was really hard on everybody around us. Um, it was really hard on me even when he took his life because I was really confused. I actually felt really guilty. Um, so with the Statue of Limitations being expanded like that, it would have made a way for... People to report those things that happen who in regular circumstances wouldn't report. So it looks like Sheena's may have just frozen up a little bit. So we'll give her just a minute to kind of jump back in. Um, but the statute of limitations may have made it so that people could report the things that happened to them. And so that there was you know, a way to go back and say, hey, this happened. I, I want to deal with it now. Because most people don't report it because after the statute of limitations, what do you know? After the statute of limitations, there's no way um, to go about what you're doing. Um, so it looks like Sheena has come back in. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know what happened. Oh, uh, that's my the phone I was using. I decided to lose. All right. It looks like she's having a little bit of technical difficulties this evening, but that's okay. We're going to keep moving forward with what we were talking about. So most people don't report um, any kind of sexual act towards them because number one they're afraid no one will believe them 
And at the point that they are ready to talk about it, because it takes years to process these things. It takes years to process what has happened in your mind. So at the point that they're ready to come forward, that statute of limitations has already been met. And there's not a way at that point for anyone to do anything about it. So when they opened up the statute of limitations for everybody across the board, a bunch of people went in and filed. And so what they're trying to do with the New York Stands with Survivors Act now is extend that so that people can still keep filing about things that happened to them even years ago. Now, you would need to get with your local government to find out um, how to file like that or if that's even still an option. but I know that in the state of New York, they can, they can still do it. I don't know how long they're going to extend the bill for or the act for, but I, I think it's a phenomenal thing. And I think that it should go nationwide, long-term, and it should be changed in the law books. Um, and I feel like if you don't agree with something like that, especially when it's concerning children or loved ones, then I think you're crazy. I, I think it's the only way to do things. Um, so the New York stance with survivors act was originally made because of victims that have had to deal with it. Um, I don't know anyone that knows a loved one that could say, oh, I don't, I don't want them to be able to file. Not if you know the true effects. Um, and me and Sheena have done a lot of research on the effects that those kinds of things have on people, um, just because we, you know, we're doing all that mental health research. And when we did that research, we found out that it can cause something called like complicated PTSD. It can also cause major depression. Um, it can cause your mind and your body not to equivalent sex and love, which means in your brain, the two could be different. Um, so that's a really big, um, that me and her had found while we were looking into it. Now, could you imagine if you got to a point where you did have complicated PTSD and then you found out that during all that time you can file? Like, because I don't know about other people, but if he had, hadn't taken his life and I could still file today, I would definitely file on the man that did it to me because any of you that have read my poetry book will be able to see that that was the biggest impact on my entire life. That created almost every issue that I have up to the point where like, I'm still as an adult a logical adult, you know, a hardworking, productive member of society adult, still afraid of the dark. Like if everything goes black, if the lights go out in my house, you can ask, you know, my, my partner in life, you can ask him, I freeze and and I got to find, I got to find something, something has to come on now or or I'm going to panic and I'm going to shut down and I'm going to, and I can't help it. Yep. And that's because you can't take those thoughts away. You're never going to be able to. So I think the best thing that they could ever do for people in general is open this up with the statute of limitations. And it's not just women that are sexually assaulted all the time. It's a lot more women. Women deal with sexual harassment and sexual assault a lot more often than men do. However, it is not just them at all. You know? Um, 
So that's one of the scariest things that I could think of because you never know who it could be. You know, it could be your neighbor. It could be the city councilman. It could be, you know, anybody. It could be the man at the grocery store that always says, have a great day, sweetheart. You know, you have no idea. That's where poison comes in. I'm just kidding, y'all. I'm just kidding. We're going to quit talking about me murdering people before I end up in jail. Um, It's okay, y'all. If I end up in jail, my boss will come get me, y'all. I promise. She might be mad at me, but she'll come get me. Um, She might even be watching the podcast. I don't know if she's on here right now. Um, But she'll come get me, y'all. I promise. So I'll still be able to do the next podcast. I'll just owe her a lot of money. Um, Um. So... We are going to move on to something a little bit lighter. Now, before we go into that lighter situation, I do want to say that we did have a business spotlight this week. So our business spotlight is Queen of the Paws. This is located out of Norfolk, Virginia, and this is where you should be taking your pet to get groomed, to get their nails cut. To do anything you need to do. Now, this is someone that just kind of, sorry, y'all. I just noticed, and I just want to tell y'all, my boss is officially watching. She's on She's on my Facebook watching. And she did say that she'll come bail me out. So we're good. No, I'm just kidding, y'all. I'm not going to murder anybody. I'm not. Um, because then who's going to feed my dog? Um, and that's, see, that's what I worry about. You know, I don't, I don't worry about anything else. But I, I need to know who's going to feed Katie. So... Um, <laughs> but, um, so she, I crossed paths with her years and years and years ago. Um, and when her and I crossed paths, we didn't really know each other, but it was like a, hi, how are you? But I kind of ran across a bunch of pages one day. I saw her page, it came up and then I saw that she started a business and y'all, she is doing it. It is, you know, she's doing it. Norfolk, Virginia. If you're in Norfolk, Virginia, go see Queen of the Paws. Go like her on Facebook. Blow her account up. Tell her how much you love her. I'm telling y'all she could use it. So business spotlight for today. Um, And then moving into our final topic. That was like some cool magic stuff, but I don't actually So, um, I'm going to learn some just for that part though, so that I can do something cool when I do that. Um, so send me your ideas guys. Um, (laughs) what do you know about, okay, hold on. I have a question. (laughs) My boss will feed my dog too, y'all. She just put it on the Facebook comments. Um, (laughs) see that's not only does she love me, she loves my dog. Um, so, (laughs) Um, is when you are talking about more than one moose, what is it? What's the plural word for moose? Because it's not me. So I Googled it. <laughs> so apparently you're just supposed to still say moose, which I think sounds really good. Um, but I don't make the rules. I'm not the English rule maker or. So. Rut the moose. So, okay, yep. See, and I already know you don't know about this story, so it's actually making me happy. So, 
There's a lady, all right, Miss Johnson. I don't know. I don't remember her first name, but Miss Johnson. And back in, um, I think it was 2018. Yeah, 2018. She she had saw that a moose had gotten hit by a car, um, and it was traveling through Minnesota. And so it got hit, not a car, a tractor trailer hit a moose. A car, if a car hits a moose, y'all, the moose is walking away. The car is not. Um, I don't know if y'all know this, but moose grow to be like 12 to 1600 pounds. They're big old animals. They are not your friend. Moose are dangerous. They're not like aggressive. They don't chase you down typically unless you're, you're not going to harm them, but they are huge. So, um, back in 2018, she saw a moose that got hit by a tractor trailer. So she created this Facebook page and the Facebook page was called central Minnesota moose on the loose. And it was a place for people to report when they saw moose. Cause you know, moose travel for the winter and the summer. And so she, um, they created this page and she said that it didn't really get a lot of hits. She only had, you know, a few hundred people on there. It wasn't a big thing until rut. So about mid-September of this year, a moose that they are guessing is about a year and a half old got lost from the other moose it was traveling with. And since then, it has been traveling all over trying to find where it's supposed to be going. It's gone through Minnesota, Iowa, North Dakota, South Dakota, back over to Minnesota. It's just kind of up there traveling in circles, trying to figure it out. And everybody just started tracking it, but they started tracking it very publicly and immediately, and it was on that page, but they named the, the moose rut. So immediately Ms. Johnson changed the name of the Facebook page to rut to try to help it, you know, find this moose and get it back to where it needs to be. This has been going on since. Nobody can catch the moose. Um, this page currently has 42,000 people tracking this moose. And all, well, and all I can think is, dang, man, we need some moose out here in the mountains. 42,000 people to track it. Man, I'll, I'll get out, I will get out and stalk the moose. Okay, y'all, I will stalk it comes down here if rut will make his way to so y'all people up there in minnesota iowa south dakota north dakota next time y'all see rut y'all tell him <laughs> to come on down to the georgia mountains and we'll figure it out um i haven't seen a story like this in a really long time and it kind of makes me wonder you know so I know that bears are regulated in certain states. Like bears are regulated in the state of North Carolina, but they're not in the state of Georgia, which is crazy to me because where I'm at in Georgia, I'm like very close to the North Carolina border. So I know they're regulated there, but they're not regulated here. Um, so I wonder if like a, a bear crosses state lines, if North Carolina has to come get it. Um, like, hey, y'all, it's your bear. Come get the bear. <laughs> um. Do you know if, do you know of any place that, um, any place, any animal that is tracked like that besides a moose? Okay. I know that we be tagging certain animals. Like, I know we tag penguins and let them go back out to the wild. 
Um, I th Alexa, what kind of animals does the government track? Let's see what happens. All it told me is that it tracks it using RFDI technology. So we didn't get a list there, guys. Sorry. Um, apparently the list is too long. I know we track doves. I know we track penguins. I know that we track sharks. Um, but I'm not sure what other animals we track. But this rut doesn't have a tracking device on him. Rut is being tracked by different people seeing him. Yeah, who needs a tracking device? <laughs> Could you imagine if 42,000 people were stalking you, Sheena? I don't even um I don't even want one person to stalk me, let alone 42,000. Right? Just leave me alone. Let me let me deal with this on my own. Now, the reason I think thought that the story was so cute and so cool is number one. I wanted to educate people that approaching a moose will get you killed. You know, don't do it. Um, because there are people that are posting like pictures with like, they'll take a picture and the moose will like be behind them. And all I can think is like eight steps and that moose can murder you. Like, that's not good. Um, well, and, and same thing for bears, y'all. Don't, don't play with, don't be me. Because when I see bears, I want to hug them. They're so cuddly and big. Um, but for the moose, um, so I wanted to bring up the fact that they are very dangerous. They are very deadly. But I also wanted to bring up the fact that we do track animals typically. However, with this animal... It doesn't have a tracker. So it's being tracked by 42,000 people. And that's how we're doing it. Do you realize how big of a group that is that came together to help track and find this one moose and try to figure out where his family is to get him back to it? Now, think about that. If we can get 42,000 people to track a moose, we have to be able to get a million people to sign a petition for New York Stands with Survivors Act. You know, because more than 42,000 people in the U.S. have been sexually assaulted. So why not sign the act? Even if you don't want to file yourself, somebody out there may want to. Somebody out there may be so torn or, or still dealing with the mental health effects from the things that happened to them then. And need some financial assistance to do it. They should still be able to go after those people that did it. Um, and the same with things like the Golden Gate Bridge Suicide Deterrent Net. If 42,000 people would have spoke up and said, hey, no, let's use that money for mental health. Maybe they would have listened. You know, but... That's and that's the biggest thing. That's all the only point in in the story wasn't to just talk about Rut, which I really do want to meet him. He sounds like a really nice moose. Um, but <laughs> um, <laughs> listen, all of us are lost at some point in life. You know, and and I got another saying for that too, not all that wander are lost. 
Maybe the moose not lost. Maybe he mad at his siblings and he needed a little break. And so he's just, you know, exploring the world on his own. Maybe he just graduated moose school. See, see, he took your self-love course. That's what happened. But all I'm saying is if we can bring those kind of numbers together for right, why can't we bring those kind of numbers together as women, as people, as humans, to get better things done for this country? You know, we should stand up for real health care and you know, all of those things, real, you know, laws, like some, the statute of limitation laws is crazy in this country. You know, there's, and, and the fact that you can only be tried one time for certain things. And I don't, I don't, you know, that's, I don't, I don't agree with trying to retry and retry and retry somebody for the same exact crime. However, if new evidence comes into play, I feel like they should be able to be tried again. You know, so, but if there was one thing, oh, this is an on the spot question. You're going to hate me, Sheena. Sorry, guys. We didn't talk about this beforehand, so I'm putting her on the spot. Um, <laughs> um, if there was one thing in this world that you could not in this world in this country because the world's a lot different around us um if there's one thing in this country that you would want to get enough signatures to change what would it be hard one right Absolutely. That's, you know what, that, I feel like that was a phenomenal answer. Absolutely phenomenal answer. Um, and I mean that from, from the bottom of my heart, because mental health is so important, um, especially in this day and age and in, in, in the world that we're in as adults these days, you know, um, I don't know why, but I thought it was going to be a less serious answer. I thought maybe you were going to like want to save the unicorns. I mean, not the unicorns. Unicorns are not real, guys. I know they're not real. I'm not crazy. <laughs> I am not crazy. I know they're not real. I just really, I think that if anyone knows where they're at, though, then it's Rut and we should follow him to the unicorns. Um, so I agree with, with what you said. I um, When I decided to ask this question, I didn't have an answer either. So, you know, but that's, I mean, but that's the whole point of this is just to kind of bounce off each other. So with that being said, if I had to choose one thing to change about America, what would I change? I would change the education system. So, and what I mean by that is I would pay our teachers a lot more money. Because they are literally the foundation of our children's intelligence. They are literally the foundation of our children's education. And these teachers bust their butts, man. And they pay for so much out of pocket that they never get reimbursed for. 
Um, I would change the books because they actually are removing things from the history books in, in high schools now. And I know it depends. I know it depends on like the sector you're in, but I know that I was told, um, and I'm not, I'm not in high school anymore. Um, but I was told that in like the high school books here in Georgia now, there's no longer anything about slavery in it. Um, they don't teach you about the civil war anymore. Like the civil war and slavery is like a paragraph. Um, right. And that's, and that's my biggest thing is I, I would, I would change the curriculum. Um, and I would also add in curriculum, like let's teach people how to like balance a checkbook and <laughs> the basic, right. The basic necessities to being an adult. Why aren't we making this a high school curriculum course already? Um, so that's what, if I could change anything about this country, it would be our education and I would make college free. I would figure it out. We have enough money, man. Listen, Colorado made college free for every single one of their residents by making marijuana legal for recreational use. If that's what it takes across the country to open up colleges to make it free for everyone, then that's what they need to do. You know, and I'm not saying that for all the people out there that want to smoke pot. I'm saying that for all the people out there that want a freaking college education and you can't afford it. And you don't want to get student loans because you don't want to put yourself too far in debt because student loans will whoop your butt. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, yeah, we'll, we'll add that to the topic list, y'all. We'll talk about that next year. Um, <laughs> right, right. How we all ended up eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and ramen noodles as adults. <laughs> oh man. And they're going to have an evil neighbor that like calls, Hey man, have you made your student loan payment yet? They're going to. <laughs> and the person that'll call is those same relentless people that were calling about the car warranties. <laughs> so, with that being said, y'all, um, we are going to go ahead and end our podcast tonight. Um. I will be out of the country this week, so you will not be able to reach me. However, if you have an issue that you need addressed and you need to get a hold of Sheena for Ying Yang the Podcast, you can send it into our Facebook Messenger or yingyangthepodcast at gmail.com. Um, and she will get a notification that it came in. Um, so if you have anything, please just reach out. And if nothing else, we will see you next week here at Ying Yang the Podcast. We are two people, two opinions, real talk. Y'all have a good night.